Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in collaboration with Captive Resources. We'll be looking back on another turbulent year for the business community and insurance market and assessing how the group Captive concept has held up and even thrived over the past 12 months. Joining me for the next 20 minutes is Nick Hentges, CEO of Captive Resources and John Wilbur, CEO of the Roadmaster Group and a board member also of Affinity Insurance Limited the group captive roadmaster is a long-standing member of nick and john will discuss how the pandemic and hard insurance market has impacted group captives the captive investors fund and how much further growth is expected in the sector but first nick tells us how their portfolio of group captives have performed over the past two turbulent years It's been amazing to all of us that we've been able to grow in a very difficult time. Actually, back in um, April of 2020, uh, we did a lot of modeling and we modeled you know, what worst case scenario could be. And we actually modeled to lose $700 million in premium, which is about a little less than a third of what where we were at the point that point in time. The good news is we didn't lose anything. We continued to grow. Um, and so uh, when, when COVID hit, we were about 2.7 billion in premium. We're now three point, closing in on 3.2 billion. So the answer is we've been able to grow and, and our captives have performed, continue to perform extremely well. That's great to hear, Nick. And uh, yeah, really interesting that obviously, like many of us at the start of the pandemic with different kinds of businesses, you were looking at obviously the, some worst case scenarios and how bad the economy might be hit, how that might impact premiums. But obviously, your members must be relatively healthy businesses that uh, they, they're able to keep spreading their premium. And even obviously, I imagine you've attracted new members to your your captors over the, the past two years. So John, it'd be good just to take a step back now then and, and hear about your business and when and, and why uh, you joined the group captive affinity sure thank you and also richard thanks for for having me appreciate being on um <clears throat> yeah our business is yeah, everybody's is unique ours is a little bit unique we're, we're a high security transportation company so at the core we're a trucking company but almost everything that we do involves hazardous materials whether that's explosives or hazardous waste or radioactive materials so we're moving some very sensitive products around the the, the country and we have customers like the department of defense and the department of energy and uh, hazardous waste environmental companies so it's a you know a, a complex very just unique business Business. Again, at the core, we're a trucking company, but really we're, we're kind of a high security and hazardous materials company. So we joined the captive and started looking at it in 2014. And the reason was because of the complexities around our business, we just had a hard time, you know, getting a lot of the commercial market to understand what we did because we were extremely safe as a trucking company. But what we hauled at times, you know, was difficult for some of our insurers and brokers to get their arms around instead of just really focusing on our, our core, you know, safety record and, and risk management culture. So we found a great fit with the captive and that's why we, you know, entered in, in 2014 and are very happy that we uh, made that decision. So you mentioned, John, you obviously joined the, the group captive in 2014. How uh, immediate or, or what were the kind of short-term benefits that the group 
captive participation gave you? Because we often hear about obviously the longer term benefits of being in group captives, but what kind of benefits did you see in, the, in those first couple of years? Well, the, the benefits that are most important to us, the bottom line benefits, I mean, we, we got an immediate reduction in our rates, um, our premiums, and also just a better deductible profile where we're in a low or no deductible profile with a captive where we were always trying to manage our deductible re- retention level in the, in the commercial market. So we got a, an immediate uh, benefit on the um, premium side. And, and you're correct, we've gotten longer and medium term benefits also. But uh, day one was not uh, it was not a struggle for us. It, w- it was a benefit on, on the premium and, and the bottom line side. So Nick, you mentioned at the very top there, obviously, you've seen that really great growth in, in premium during, during the last two years. Uh, how else has the utilization of group captives changed at all during the, the pandemic? As most people who who have gone through the last two years wondered how we were going to continue to conduct business. And the good news is we've learned how to do it remotely and use all the tools that the Internet provides to reach out to our broker network and to prospective clients to be able to share and get the, the message of a group captive and what a group captive can do for them out to them. The beautiful thing about it is 2020 was our best year ever in the middle of a pandemic, and 2021 was better than that. So we spent a great deal of time building a sales force that can reach out and work with brokers to help educate them and to help them educate prospective members. And so we spent a lot of time over the last couple of years doing that. What's resulted is we've added roughly 700 new members over the last two years in our various captives. So we we think that uh, even during difficult times, uh, the product, the group captive product uh, speaks for itself and we're able to get that message out and uh, have people continue to sell the product even when it's more difficult to get in front of people. Yeah, I just like to say from you know the the, the members side, the benefit of, of being in the captive during this pandemic was you know we just got to share share ideas and best practices and you know what we were dealing with because I think if we were on in the commercial markets we would have felt a little bit like an island uh, you know out on an island without a lot of support but whether it was through our executive committee or just other members Nick mentioned early on you know when the pandemic hit we were all running different scenarios of how bad our business was going to be and how long or how short the recovery period was going to be. And we had no, you know, no template to work from. So we were able to lean on both captive resources, uh, our executive committee and the membership as a whole to go, we're, you know, we're all in this together. It's brand new. Let's try to figure it out. So we, we got a lot of comfort that way that we weren't, you know, we weren't in it alone. And that's just not necessarily something you're going to get from your broker or certainly your carrier, you know, if you're in the insurance market. So Nick, John mentions there some of those those soft benefits, particularly at the outset of the pandemic that being a member of the group captive gave them. How do you think kind of group captive participation has been particularly beneficial to members during the pandemic, but also this this real challenging insurance market of of the last two years or so? Well, let me take the hard market first. The, the thing that we talk to our members about and prospective members is that it doesn't really, the hard market or soft market, you know, we don't really worry about that. It, it's If it's the right time and can be beneficial to you as a, a prospective member, 
then that's what you need to base your decision on. And so we're not trying to sell price in the in the captive arena. We're we're selling concept. And that concept is does it make sense for you to join with other people to take control of your insurance program? And we're, we're continuing to find that more and more people really love that concept and that idea. So hard market, soft market, we're, we're kind of past all of that. Uh, we think the, the concept makes sense in either one. Now, during the pandemic, obviously, we had members who some were impacted more than others. And, you know, we did see some exposures go down, uh, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, but we have really strong members who are very financially strong. That's part of the underwriting process that we go through. We're not lucky, but we're, you know, we just don't deal with some of the more impacted industries. We, we have some hotels, but not a lot of hotels. You know, we do some restaurants, but not lots and lots of restaurants. So the companies, the manufacturing companies, the, the distributors, the service companies, they were all working pretty hard and, and still at, at, you know, being able to operate pretty well, even during the pandemic. So, you know, the captive itself works very well. If your losses are low, you're going to get dividends back, right? Our members, even though they couldn't communicate at board meetings the way they used to, because we weren't able to go offshore, they were communicating during workshops and being able to share information, continue to share information that was beneficial to the their partners. So the group captive continued to operate the way it has Hard market, soft market, pandemic, non-pandemic, the concept in the, the product, what we work with in the group, uh, group captive arena continue to, to work extremely well. So, John, from your side then, we've seen, obviously, commercial insurance rates increase over the last two years. What kind of, if any, impact have, have you seen on your group captive premium rates? We've been very, I mean, we do pay attention to the, the commercial market, you know, even if we're not in it in terms of the lines that we have in the in the captive. So we, we, we pay attention and we have, you know, obviously other lines, excess and so forth that we're in the market for us. So we have general understanding of what's going on in, out in the market, but we've seen our rates come down, you know, based on our performance, whether it was, uh, you know, auto liability right in, in today's market, if your auto liability is flat or a small increase, you're, you know, you're ahead of the game because of what's happening in the market. We've held pretty steady there. We've had uh, drops somewhat significant in work comp. So we've been very pleased with our particular premiums inside the captive with the four lines that, that we have there. And I think Nick kind of alluded to it is, you know, I mean, we... We just don't pay that much attention. I mean, I generally have a you know a feeling for what's going on in, in the commercial market because of our other lines that we have to place. But regarding our our lines that we have in the captive, um, you know, we just just work on those and uh, stay safe. And we've been very pleased with what we've seen. I mean, we've had almost a reduction in all lines every year. Not not quite, but that that's the trajectory and the trend that we've had. Is uh, you know we've continued to be safe and we've continued to see our, our premiums, uh, you know, either stay flat or drop. And as has the experience, John, over the last two turbulent years, pandemic included, hard market included, has that given you any further food for thought concerning other areas you could 
self-insure or, or take a share in your own risk? Well, I, I'd almost step back and say for any new member that joins a captive, particularly you know, an offshore group captive like the one we're in with a lot of members, the biggest thing is, and it takes a while, is understanding understanding the vehicle, You know, just understanding what a captive is. And once you do that, then you can start to look at where else it may apply within your organization. So I really enjoy just understanding what uh, really at the core, what a captive is. And for me, where I I get comfortable with it is, you know, we're we're essentially an owner in the insurance company that, that insures us, that happens to insure us in those lines. So uh, we do look at, uh, you know, other areas, uh, obviously medical health insurance is the one you look at probably first. So we've examined all that. But I think the biggest thing is just really understanding what the captive is and how it works and why it works for you. And then that that allows you to look, th- look at the other areas where, you know, it may apply or a different captive may apply. To, to different exposures you have in your company. But at the core, you really just, you know, you need to get comfortable with, with what it is that you're a mem- you're, you're part of. And, uh, you know, that takes, sometimes that takes a little while for new members, um, but we, we all get there. Then once you're there, you, you realize, okay, this is, this is what it is. This is where it might work. And so we, we're always have our eyes out for where somewhere else in our organization, it might work. We don't have any other captive participation other than the lines we have with our captive, but no, we, we definitely have our eyes open for that. John mentioned uh, medical stop loss or uh, medical benefits coverage. You know, We think that's an area that has tremendous opportunity. We've been working in that area for the last seven or eight years, uh, but we are really putting an emphasis on it because we really feel like it's underpenetrated right now. So over the next several years, we're going to see, we, we, we think we're going to see tremendous growth on the medical stop loss side uh, of, of the benefits coverages. Yeah, Nick, certainly the medical stop loss side, definitely one to watch this space, I think, for us, isn't it, Nick, next year? So maybe we'll have some more information on that in, in 2022 as, as you explore that area in a lot more detail. One of the other advantages I just want to touch upon in this episode, Nick, is is the Captive Investors Fund uh, and the kind of approach you take to uh, investment management. Nick, can you briefly tell us a little bit about this and, and how it works? So the CIF is a $7 billion fund that was started 25 years ago. That investment vehicle has returned 6% every year on average. Our members love that. John happens to be on the executive committee for the investors fund. And I think is a great person to hear from as far as how it works and what his thoughts are on that vehicle itself. Nick's right. I mean, I'm very fortunate to um, be able to represent our captive on uh, on the Captive Investors Fund board, which, and as he noted, it's now $7 billion under management. Our captive is the largest investor in, in that fund. But I think the most important thing is, as is, is, is Nick noted, you know, just the way insurance companies work, um, you know, they take in their premiums, but they pay out their, their claims over multiple years. So their business model is one of 
of uh, judiciously in investing that capital why they have it. And that's the that's the purpose of the Captive Investors Fund. And what for me, what has been amazing is just the amount of sophistication and discipline and thoughtfulness that goes into managing those funds on an institutional level is, uh, you know, I mean, we all have a fiduciary responsibility to do the right thing by, uh, you know, by those investments. And I'm extremely comfortable with the care that's taken at the Captive Investors Fund level. Um, and obviously, preservation of capital is, is, you know, one of our primary tenets. But as Nick noted, we've, we've uh, you know, since inception have returned 6% annually over that 25-year period, which is an exceptional uh, track record. But it's really just it's due to the uh, you know the fund managers that individually that manage that money, which we I think we have over 25 uh, institutional fund managers. We have the captive investors or captive resources team, uh, fund management team that overse- oversees all of that infrastructure. So it's been very. Uh, insightful and helpful for me to understand that, okay, this is how the business model works as a captive. Besides insuring us and lowering premiums and returning dividends, a big component is how well we invest uh, these investable funds that we have and how important that is to our total returns, which ultimately comes in the form of our dividends, uh, you know, as we as we continue to reduce, reduce our losses. So it's been a... Uh, you know, like I said, I'm just very fortunate to represent our captive on the board. I enjoy it. It's one of my, my favorite parts of this entire business is being able to uh, participate a- at that level. But, you know, I think what those guys did 25 years ago was uh, very progressive and it's, it's panned out probably better than, than Nick and, and, and the team expected at that time, because now, I mean, $7 billion, you know, that's that's real money, and the team just really does a great job in uh, in their you know fiduciary responsibility to bring great returns with the risk profile that they, they manage it under. So, Nick, it certainly seems like the CIF has gone from strength to strength over the past twenty five years. Where do you expect more broadly further growth for captive resources to come from in the next two to five years? That's a great question, Richard, and one that we think a lot about. Uh, let me just give you a, a, a little background. So CRI, Captive Resources, has been operating for about 35 years. It took 25 years to reach a billion dollars in premium. We crossed $2 billion in 2017, and we crossed $3 billion earlier this year. We think that the growth pattern is going to continue to ramp up. We expect to cross $6 billion in the next four to five years, which is a doubling in a very short period of time. We just think the model, the, the word is getting out and we're, we're getting a lot of interest from brokers in this concept. So we think the next several years and moving forward uh, are gonna be really uh, an opportunity to see the group captive space grow. One of the things that helps, our members have earned $3 billion in dividends to date and, and that's when our programs were smaller. You know, we're going to see that number, the dividend portion of our of what happens in the group captives ramp up very quickly. I could see a day not in the not too distant future where we've given back $10 billion of dividends to, to the members who've earned it based on their loss experience. 
Well, thank you to Nick Hendridges from Friends of the Podcast Captive Resources and John Wilbur, CEO of Roadmaster Group, for a fascinating 20-minute discussion. If you would like more information on Captive Resources or any of our guests, then please do visit the globalcaptivepodcast.com website and check out our Friends of the Podcast and Guest pages. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and see you next time, Captives. Captives.